Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. How are you? Uh, say with me, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, now let's say it all together. Every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. I have some news to pass on to you before we begin our service this evening. Uh, most of you know that Dr. Stelting has, was admitted to the hospital last week. Uh, he had successful surgery today, and so he's in the recovery process. Um, the other part that I know about it is that it will take some place between six or eight weeks in order for him to fully recover, so he's just beginning. But the most difficult part is over. So uh, everybody's glad for that? Say amen. Amen. Okay, good. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I invite you to turn with me to verses of Scripture in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and we'll read verse 1, I mean verse 21, just this one verse. <clears throat> Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the New International Version. In the King James, it says, Submitting, submitting to one another, or submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I, I, I like a little bit in both. I like submitting because I think that's the correct translation of it. But out of fear of Christ, uh, compared to the fear of God, it's the same thing. Fear God, fear Christ. And uh, our text this evening is, is not so much an introduction of a new thought in the thinking of the Apostle Paul in his correspondence to the churches there in the Lycus Valley, Ephesians, Colossians, Laodicea, those churches in there. Some have suggested that he is simply introducing the subject of submission. Uh, it seems almost out of place there, so to speak. He has had this wonderful high text, we may say, of verse 18, 19, 20. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, and then worship, speaking to each other in psalms and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to each other, giving thanks to God, and then all of a sudden, submit yourselves one to another. It seems almost uh, a disconnect there. But... Uh, I, I propose to you that it may not be as disconnected as we might want to think. Um, even though we see in the next verse, 22 and so forth, he speaks to the submission of wives to their husbands in uh, chapter uh, 6, uh, children subject to your parents and employer slaves to masters or employee, employers, that kind of subjection. 
subordination. Uh, yet I, I want to go back and, and, and look again at what the Apostle Paul may be doing. In this, in verse 18, when he shares with them, do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but rather be filled with the Spirit, he has two movements, or two things, that he seems to be drawing on. First is the worship of God out of that Spirit-filled experience. When we gather together as Spirit-filled believers, the environment is that of worship and praise to God. We speak to one another. We sing songs, psalms, and all kinds of spiritual songs. We give thanks. It's a worship experience. And, and the thought is that of a vertical thought. And then he goes horizontal with the rest of what he has to say in this, in this chapter to submit submit to one another in a general sense, a mutual submission. Then wives submit to husbands, children to parents, and slaves to their masters. The word submitting, as it is written here in the text, it conveys the meaning of that of a soldier in a regiment. It's the background of, of that word. That is, he's part of a unit, part of a, a group with a commanding officer, and all the soldiers are directly under the leadership and command of a commanding officer. And uh, in that sense, he's not his own anymore, or she's not her own anymore. They are people under authority, so we submit and a soldier, and we have many around this, this city, Fort Carson and other uh, military installations, uh, they, they cannot just do what they want. Uh, some might say, you know, I just like to get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, so no, I'm at Fort Carson, they want me to get up at 5. That just won't sit well with me, and I'll just stay in bed get up at 10. I'm used to that. Well, you'll soon find out that it doesn't work that way. And so submitting <coughs> to the body, submitting to each other, in a sense we, we become part of a greater whole, the church. And the interest and the care now is for the body and not so much for the individual. Spirit-filled people a part of this body. They become part of it. Uh, they give up their rights to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and however they want, when they become part of this regiment, part of this body. Uh, there was a young fellow that I knew very well. He was at one time a soldier at Fort Carson, and he got out after about four or five years, and uh, got married. And, uh, but he was the kind of fellow that I think he endured the military and couldn't wait to, to get out, go back to civilian life. But he had some difficulties along the way, and 
couldn't get a job, and, and uh, his wife was not very well, and they needed some insurance, you know, uh, insurance for medical care, and, and so the thought was, why don't you go back? Why don't you re-enlist? In fact, that was the words from his wife. I didn't say, I just listened on it. Uh, you know, that would help us so much better. But knowing him, I knew that probably was not an option anymore. He had become so filled with himself, so individualistic, so selfish, self-centered, that military life uh, was probably not an option anymore. So he didn't do it. In our texts, Christians filled with the Spirit are being asked to do voluntarily what soldiers are forced to do. To submit. To submit to one another. So what does Paul have in mind then when he writes, submitting yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ? Paul is wanting the believers to think less of promoting themselves, less of self, and more of the corporate life, the corporate life of the body of Christ, the church. Christ himself as the commanding officer, the chief, the, the, the commanding officer of the regiment, his church, and he will have he will entertain no thought of insubordination. In the sweeping imperative from Paul, submitting yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ, Paul leaves no room for a wall. Don't even think about it. We are called to be part of the body to be part of the church. Let me make a few passing remarks about this text. Uh, first, it is a present participle, which means that it is a continuous action. In other words, we, we never cease from submitting ourselves. We, it is not seasonal. It's ever-present. We do not submit part of the way, half-hassedly, but a total commitment to the body of Christ. We do it. It, it is also, uh, it is in what we call the middle voice. There's the active voice and the middle voice. And it is in, in that voice, in, in the language, it means we ourselves are the recipients of our actions. So we commit ourselves to this. It is not forced upon us. Submit yourselves one to another. And then it's plural. Uh, the thought here is that it is meant for all believers who are filled with the Spirit, not just certain ones. It, we do this together. It is also in the imperative. It's a command. Uh, we have no latitude about it. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. Submit yourselves 
one to another out of reverence for Christ, out of love for Christ, out of worship for Christ, out of our abiding intimate relationship with Christ, being spirit-filled, submit. You see, the, let me also observe that the matter of submitting out of fear of Christ is for Christians. It's not for the world. It's not for the world at all. In, in fact, it is useless to go to the world and say, submit yourselves, man, unto Christ, unto the body in fear of Christ. You see, the world does not do that. In fact, the world will not do that. And the world cannot do that. This is for spirit-filled people. The, the apostle is carrying forward then the two ideas that he has in mind in verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. A man who is drunk is not going to submit himself to anybody. I don't know if you've been around drunk people. God bless you if you haven't. But in our village, we had some notorious folks who loved to be inebriated. It's such a big word. Intoxicated. They were the friends of the booze. And on the weekends in particular, they were not subject to anybody. Uh, they, they were difficult. It made, it made it difficult for everybody, including their families and folks around them. You see, a man who is, is drunk, he is asserting himself. He is lacking in self-control and especially respect. He is boasting. He is praising himself and he thinks he is wonderful. If we are to submit ourselves one to another, we must be entirely different from the one who is filled, or the ones who are filled with wine, and who go on in excess. And on the other hand, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit, if we're going to submit. I believe that's the message the Apostle is trying. So how do we do this? How do we submit? Uh, first of all, negatively. Le let me just share a few things negatively. Uh, we are not to be thoughtless. We are to be governed by truth, governed by principle. We are to be wise, and wise people think. Verse 15 of, of this passage of, of, in chapter 5 uh, tells us, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And then in verse 17, uh, he goes on to say, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Thoughtless people are not wise people. And uh, thoughtless people they shoot from the hip. They, um, a, a wise person looks before he leaps. He is governed by thought and meditation and reflection and understanding 
He has a spirit of consideration. And so if we're going to be submitting to one another, we must not be thoughtless people, but wise people. We must not be selfish and self-centered. Uh, the trouble with folks who are drunk or who folks in that they do not think, uh, folks who are selfish do not think. In fact, they do think, but they think only of themselves. We cannot submit if we're thinking only of ourselves. There's no room for self-centeredness and selfishness. Negatively also, we must not be individualistic. Now, there's a difference between being an individual and being individualistic. It is possible to be an individual and not behave in an individualistic manner. Negatively also, we must cease to be self-assertive. Now, that will not go with conventional thinking. Self-assertion is the very antithesis of what the Apostle is saying to submit mutually to, to one another. <coughs> I, I go back to the book of Genesis in the garden and the very first temptation was on the very issue of, of self-assertiveness. After all, the, the serpent came, the devil came to Eve and said, he knew, he knows you would be as gods. He, he knew that. God doesn't want you to be like him, to be a god. Uh, assert yourself. Don't, don't, don't submit. Don't submit to that. Assert yourself. And so she was deceived. She, you see, the devil says, declare your autonomy. You can be your own god. You can be your own person. You see, to submit to one another, submitting yourselves to one another, is the point that we cannot declare our autonomy from the body of Christ. But we are one. We are one in him. Uh, you know, in Iraq, we have a number of soldiers there, and uh, one of the things that we, we, we will see or we learn is that they're not fighting for themselves. They're fighting for their country. Uh, they are people under authority. They are part of a larger whole. There's another one. Negatively, we must not be opinionated. Now, there's a difference again between having an opinion and being opinionated. Being opinionated is a negative manifestation of the self. Uh, the man who is opinionated is self-conscious and proud of his opinions. He shows that he is proud of his knowledge. He is more concerned of preserving his opinions than knowing the truth. Have you seen people like that? 
There is no place for that in the body. We can have differences, we can have opinions. But if we hold on to and we become so opinionated that no one can tell us anything, we become hypersensitive and we fail to, to acknowledge when even we are constructively criticized. And it causes havoc in the relationships in the body. There's a, another negative manifestation of self-centeredness and and that is the tendency to be dictatorial. You see, when we are submitting to one another, there is no room for us to be little dictators in the body. Peter warned us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, he says, Do not lord it over God's people. And, uh, you know, you and I, elders or upcoming elders in the church. Peter was writing to elders in chapter 5. We are susceptible and exposed to, to this temptation of lording it over God's people. Because uh, we have ability, you have ability, you have leadership position, you'll be given people to be in charge of and and, uh, and this is simply reason by our eldership. Elders are susceptible to lording it. And Paul, uh, Peter is warning us, do not lord it. We are to submit to each other. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12, has a beautiful picture of how the body should work describes the different parts of the body, the eyes, the ears, the hands, the feet, and, and they're all interdependent. They all need each other. No one part of the body is more important than the other. And those that may feel more important in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, they were, they were looking down upon other members of the body that were not as important or not in the limelight, and it was causing friction in the body. Paul says, there's no place for that. We need each other. But positively, what is Paul, what is Paul trying to tell us? When we submit ourselves one to another and are filled with God's Spirit, we will have a true assessment of who we are. You see, Paul had already prayed in, first, uh, in the first chapter, verse 18 of Ephesians for them, that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, that they would, their, their eyes of their hearts would be opened. And, and when the eyes of our hearts are open, we will have a true understanding and a true portrait, a true picture of who we are. And we will not feel more highly of ourselves, think more highly of ourselves, than we are too. These are the things, the qualities that will disrupt submission in the body when we have a distorted view of who we are in Christ. Submitting to one another is a positive sign that our hearts are open to each other under the control and influence of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4 7, Paul reminds us again. 
For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? There is no place of boasting for boasting about the gifts and graces that you and I may have. Some may say, well, I, I just have a sharper brain than you, than you have, and therefore I am better than you are. Paul says, everything we have, we've received it from God. And therefore we submit to each other out of difference for Christ, out of reverence for Christ. Some may say, well, I am more charming, I have more personality, I have more going in my life than you do, therefore I must be up here and you must be down here. Submit yourselves one to another. Positively, we are members together of the body. He will, uh, he's already dealt with that in chapter 4 of Ephesians, verses 11 through 16. He, he says God gave gifts to, to the church. Some are apostles and teachers and evangelists and, and pastors for the equipping of the saints, for the, for the work of the ministry to build each other up so that we all join together as one body. And so we are members together of the body. There is no place for isolation. There is no place for uh, self-centeredness when we submit. Positively, we must also be willing for the sake of the body to suffer for the body. A soldier will put his life or her life in danger to save the life of another of his comrades. Spirit-filled people will have the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and part of the, and, and the, the catalog here of the fruit of the Spirit, as Paul writes in Galatians, is uh, love and joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, patience. And then in the catalog of virtues in 1 Corinthians 13, this great love chapter, he, he writes, love is patient, it's kind. It, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, it rejoices in the truth, it always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Submitting to one another is a demonstration of these virtues among and within the body of Christ, of caring and loving and sustaining each other deeply. That's on a horizontal level here. We enrich each other body. You see, the exhortation to be spirit-filled people means we must continually submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Otherwise, we will behave like drunken individuals who are selfish, self-centered, self, -centered, self 
uh, assertive, opinionated, individualistic. Care nothing of the trouble they're causing others, they just want to have it their way. Not so, Paul says, in the body. But you have to submit. We will be mastered by self interest at the expense of a united body of believers voluntarily enlisted into the army of the Lord if we do not submit to one another. So tonight, as we finish here, our submission is mutual. It is continual, but it is communal. God has called us into this wonderful journey, this body life called the church, under the authority and leadership of our commanding officer, Jesus Christ himself. Our rights are given up for the sake of of the body and we've just when we do this we're just beginning to love one another as he wants us to love be not drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit and with the intensity you worship now submit to one another out of reverence Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, the sweet communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit now rest, rule, and abide with us now and forever. And let all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.